There's healing in the name of There's salvation in the name of The Bible says that demons tremble at the sound of that name. Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Nkepo of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Nkepo is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now... Here's today's message. Hallelujah. Is that your happiness? This is the way. This is the way, this is the way I wanted to be. Do you want to be a church planter? I wanna be a Start little churches. 
a church with 10 people is a church. As you work on it, it would grow. I, I get what I'm saying. Eh? Yeah, so we are going to start churches all over. You know, amen. amen. Let's pray that we can talk about a lot of things because even I want to teach you the first two years' messages you should preach. Let me start it. I'll give it to you. Amen. Amen. Alright, but yesterday we looked at why we must plant churches and realized that that is what Jesus said we should do. Matthew 28, 18-20. Huh? Luke 24-45. Mark 16-15. John 20-21. Acts 1-8. Go and make disciples. Preach. And so we have to go. We have to advance. Realize that we have to advance the kingdom. Move it from behind to the front. Push it forward. Amen. Other religions are taking over. If we don't rise up. And then also we realize that we need more congregations, more churches, and more food for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Then we realize that we must plant our aim must be a church at your door. In your language. And we realize that we must plant churches in every possible location. And I gave you a strategy. Those of you in the big towns, you can start satellite churches. Alright? A satellite church is a church. It's not a branch church. It's a church. Okay? So they have everything. You know, at Colgon, I think we have, um, we should have maybe something like about 80 satellite churches. Mm. You see, and they meet. Um, uh, they used to meet on Fridays, but now they use on Saturdays. Do you see? But I think I advise you. The reason why we moved to Saturdays was because of conventions and all these type of things that were affecting the meetings on Fridays. So they meet and they have a chessers, everything, prayer, praise and worship, preaching of the word. Offerings, everything. It lasts about one hour, a little over one hour. You understand it? They do evangelism and all that. The difference between that and a branch church is that on Sundays they don't meet there. So on Sundays, the shepherd there, the light church shepherd there, would organize the people in a bus and bring them to the church. So if you have 30, 30, 30, 20, 15, 10, 20, and we have 80 of them. Do you understand? Then, when they become more established, alright, you can now turn them into a branch. So it's a, it's, it's a step towards, you know, uh, a branch in the, in the town. In the town. Do you understand that? Yeah. Okay, and then it also helps your church to grow and it helps you to get even more matured uh, church planters. Because then as, as time goes on, all the people who are the shepherds of the satellite church, you gather them and then train them to become church planters. Well, when we are having a church planters camp, we have people you know, to bring. Are, are you getting that? 
Yes. And then in the villages and the other places outside, you send people to go and start branches immediately because on Sundays it's going to be difficult to bring them. So you should stay there and uh, do that. What do you think? So are we ready to start churches? Okay. Then we realize that the reason why many of us don't start churches is because we don't have a certain way of thinking. So yesterday we looked at how a church planter must think. And if he thinks in a certain way, all right, then it will help him to start churches. So we spoke about the mindset of a church planter. We said, number one, a church planter must know that God is monitoring his work. Amen. And I gave you several scriptures. Eh? Revelation chapter 2 and uh, chapters 2 and 3, God always says, I know thy ways. So God is watching us. Are we making use of the gifts and the callings he has given to us? Number two, a church planter must know that eh, church planting is the way to go all out with the law. Immediately you start a church, your life is sold out. That one I can assure you. If you are going to be a good church planter, because you realize that suddenly people are calling me a pastor. The pastor, when I send people out to go and start churches there, you know, the council, the people are calling me pastor. I said, don't worry. Receive it. <laughs> but you yourself should know that I'm a pastor. <laughs> so that place, don't say, oh, don't call me pastor. Because you are their pastor. Amen? Yes. Number three, a church planter must have wisdom. Wisdom is to do what? To be mindful of what? No. Wisdom is what? To be mindful of heaven and approaching eternity. Thinking. And conscious of, the, of approaching eternity. Thinking about heaven all the time. Is that also? Thinking about heaven all the time. When you think about heaven all the time, it will help you to live in a certain way. Yeah. Now, saying that even as a pastor, you know how to live in righteousness and in holiness because you'll be looking for the blessed hope uh, and the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself Christ to purchase unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Amen. What's the next one? You are hot. Expected to do certain good works while on eight. And the last one was up. You were created to be more than a good person in the society. Amen. Now this one I want to start off straight with how to start a church. Or how to plant a church. How to plant a church. Amen. Come with me to Luke chapter 14. We are reading from verse 28. So listen. Charlie, this is the main meal. This is the main meal. This is why we are here. How? How many of you want to know how to plant a church? And this is the main meal. Yeah. 
You know, I, I came along with some uh, 40-something people from my uh, from the Colonel Council, you know, who are just about to step out. Do you see? And I told them, come for the camp first. And then, do you see? So, next, uh, not this, today is tomorrow, the next one, we are starting their churches. She, she, she. And when you go now, all the church planters, when you go, all the church planters, you are going to start your churches. You are going to do the first thing, all right, which is, you are going to lay a foundation of prayer. Okay, so, you are going to pray, all right, you are going to pray 100 hours. 100 hours. Amen. Amen. Alright. Now, you have to do 50 of them. When you do the 50, so you, the pastor, you have to organize it for them. All night, different type of prayer meetings. So, let's say we are hot. We are, today is our 10th. Yeah. So, by February ending, the 50 hours should have finished. And then now you can start. And then when you start, then you continue. And finish up the 100 hours. Do you understand it? Yeah. Otherwise, you go. Satan <laughs> slap you. Very... Luke chapter 14 from verse 28. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counted the cost. Whether you have sufficient to finish it. Less happily after you have laid the foundation and is not able to finish it. All that behold it begin to mock him. Saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to war against another sitted not down first and consulted whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 12,000. Hallelujah. Luke 14.32 Or else, while the order is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desired conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever be he be of you that forsaketh not all that he had. He cannot be my disciple. Now, how many of you want to plant churches? I'm now teaching you how to start a church. The first thing you have to do to start a church, and after speaking about it, I want some of you to take your bags and leave. Is that you must count the costs for going to start a church? Wow! <laughs> you see, the hundred hours is part of the cost. Even when I said that one, you only. Hey, but me, I've not prayed for thirty minutes before. Uh-huh. 
Count the cost. It is going to cost you something to plant a church for Jesus. When God wanted to plant a church on earth, it cost him his only begotten son. When God wanted to plant a church, wanted to bring salvation. What is the purpose of the church? To bring salvation. And Jesus said, Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. So God said, okay, I have to count the cost. His only begotten son. God has one son. So go. And he knew that he was sending to a wicked, wicked group of people who were going to kill him. said, if we don't do that, why must you pay the cost? Because without the cost there will be no church. So God said, look, if, if, we don't, if, if, if we don't pay the cost, there will be no salvation. Yes. Eh? It's going to cost you money. But we are not going to pay you. So you have to take your own trotro, your own taxi, and go there. If you have your own car, you have to buy your own petrol. We don't give petrol. No, so that's why I'm saying that after this one, okay, okay, just take your bag and, and tell your pastor that, look, I've changed my mind. Oh yeah. There have been cases when the bride or the groom has arrived for the wedding. Waiting. And then the bride or the groom doesn't appear. Change his mind. I had a story of a, you know, so the bride had arrived. They were waiting for the groom. 30 minutes, one hour, two hours, three hours. So they called him. He was in a car going somewhere crying. No, you have calculated the cost uh, of mine this person. But when you go to a certain point, I don't know. It's going to going to plant a church is going to sap your energy and your strength. Yes. You are going to walk. You are going to walk. Yes, your legs are going to pain you. Your legs are going to pain you. That is why in the Bible school, when the students are doing their student project uh, churches, Basel, area fellowship, supply churches, you know, we, we, we are not moved by where they are going to do it. No? If you fly, you you, know, you better get an anointing to fly.
But how many of you who are on the field now realize that when you went, you were not afraid of the walking? Yes. Where, is, where is Pastor Kumoji? Wisdom. Pastor Wisdom, come. Come and share your testimony. You are telling me something that I don't know. So this is when I, I see you, I call him Assemblyman. Standing. Yes. Thank you, Bishop, for Why this opportunity. Um, I'm Pastor Wisdom Moji. Agba Moji, now changed. Agba Moji. Agba Moji. Okay. Um, when did you finish school? 2013. All right. Where are you? Where's your mission? Um, at Bato. Okay. In the so Vota region. Now. Tell us your uh, Actually, I was visiting. I visited one of my members. And we'll talk to them. And when I, she was seeing me off, a lot of people were waving to me, were calling me and saying, Pastor, you are more than the assemblyman of the town. Because you have gone around the whole, you have walked around the bicycle everywhere, and everyone knows you in town. And but why did they know you? Because I've walked around every corner of battle. <laughs> Evangelizing visiting, following up, discovering new grounds everywhere. He was called assemblyman because people see him walking everywhere. Yes. You want to plant a church? Thank you. When Bishop sent me to uh, Lashibi, that should be to go and do the church there. Huh? The church had been started by my convict, Pastor Charles Tonible, who died 10 months into starting the church. I'd be able to gather about 20 people. So we just said, Oh, go ahead and take over the work of your son. So I went. I used to live at that time, I think, Ringway. Yes. And I selected about six people. So I will arrive Saturday, park my car. They will divide ourselves two, two, two. I said, let's go. So we'll turn this way. And we'll do person to person evangelism. Anybody will meet on the roadside, witness to the person, any kiosk, any house will enter there. This way, walking. Walking. The one we hit the end, we come and start, they will turn this way. Yes. And go. Then we come this way. And then we turn and then we go. And then we went this way. I remember when we went going this way, we met a road very quickly. So we crossed it and went inside. Those of you who know uh, Sakumono Estates, those big flats there, eh, we have entered. Joshua, were you there? Eh? Yes. Floor by floor. We take the block. Floor by floor, we enter. Flats. 
I was a doctor. Now I remember one time I entered one of those flats. And when we entered, there was, you know, a man was looking very prominent. He didn't smile, nothing. He asked, What do we want here? Also, we have come, we are from Lighthouse, we are, you know, sharing the word of God. All right. Remind me to talk about how to do person to person evangelism. Huh? So he sagged us. He said, No, 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 he doesn't have time. I'm just, oh! I was a doctor. It will cost you your honor, your self worth, your reputation. Yes. It will cost you. Then, after some time, I don't know what happened, but I had a, a company that used to uh, come to my hospital. So I was going to see the MD. So when I got to the reception, you know, he was told that I was there. That's why I should come in. When I entered his office, he was so happy. He got the oh, dog. Now, please come. When I later my who was I seeing? The man that sat me. The man that sat me. He was shocked. He was shocked to know who I was. But I didn't say that. I said, oh, hello, how are you? I hope you don't sack me from here. But you must think like Jesus, who being in the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal of God, but made himself of no reputation. Remember that. Hey, Are you married now? You have a child? Two. One. Where's your wife? You have to bring your wife come and show me. So, so I'll tell her that she doesn't know how much I've forced for you to get married. Hello? Sisters. It will cost you. Yes. They'll, they'll call you names. Huh? Brothers, they'll call you names. When you go and, and visit your female sheep, they'll say that, oh, your boyfriend has come. And the sister, when you go and, and, and visit your male sheep, they say, hey, she's coming to your boyfriend again. Yes. Do you understand it? Are you understand the costs? The cost. But I'm saying that, remember that it costs God his own. Any time you remember that, it's, it's all, no problem. If Jesus was the cost to God for coming to plant a church on earth, I can pay every cost. May God help you to pay every cost. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The cost of sacrifice The cost 
cost of sacrifice. Sacrifice of your money, your time, everything that you have. Yes. Huh? What's the name? Sephas, yes, how are you? Powerful. Wow. Huh? Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, except a whip of God falls into the ground and die, it abided alone. But if it dies, shall bear forth. John 12, 24. Yes. You have to die. You have to die. To die means that you don't care about whatever people are saying, whatever suffering, you know, because of the love of Jesus. Because of the love of Jesus. Amen. Romans 5, 14, or Romans 6, 14, the Bible says, for the love of God constrained us, compels us, compels us. The first step, I'm talking about how to start a church. Number one, count the cost. Are you ready? Are you ready to suffer? I wish you much suffering. You suffer. But you should not be moved. You should not be moved. Paul said in Acts chapter 20 and verse 22. He said, I now go bound by the Spirit to Jerusalem. Not knowing the things that await except that the Spirit in every city witnesseth that bonds and afflictions are with me. But none of these things move me. Neither do I count my life precious so that I will be able to finish the ministry that Jesus has given to me. Are you a church planter? Are you ready to count the cost? When you are taking your bag, you want to leave. <laughs> yeah? They will say, ah, this is fine, sister. If you want you are going to witness to guys, they will say, Sss. Sss. When you finish speaking to him, you are going to be looking at how your tumult will be bubbling. <laughs> what do you preach to them? No, they are forgotten. No. They are watching your tumult. They say, the sister who came here to preach where they tumult to his parents. That's all that they remember. If it's all that, they will come to church because of that. Perhaps if they can have association with this tumult.
Hello? Huh? You have to suffer. You have to deny yourself. You have to deny yourself of your TV programs. Kukumbwaja. Kukumbwava. Some of you church planters, you like kukumbwava. You have to deny yourself. You have to deny yourself. The time you used to watch Okumbuava, you have to use it to go and do outreach. You have to deny yourself. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Hallelujah. I ready to take up your cross. Your cross. Jesus took up his cross. It's not left of you. Sit down. Your cross. What is the cross? The cross is pain. When you start a church, it's painful. You visit the people Saturday. Say, Pastor, you come. When you go, nobody. Even some people go and iron the address for them. Jesus is suffering. Suffering. You are feeling hungry, but you have to go and do person. person. You yourself, you are sick, but you have to go and preach. You yourself, you are not happy. Even when you woke up, you are not happy. You don't feel like going to church. But for the sake of the sheep, you have to go to church. Paul said in Philippians 1, 29, for unto you it has been given on the behalf of Christ. Not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. But also to suffer for his sake. Suffering is part of what we should have. Suffering. So your pastors, they have been suffering. Still suffering. Huh? That's a cost. So, 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 I am not impressed when church planters come and say, because of this, because, I say, look, you don't understand what you are doing. You said that your, church, your ship insulted you, so you won't go and visit the church. Hey! But Jesus was insulted. It's part of it. Being insulted, eh? 
the sheep not being grateful to you. You see, some of you, eh, church planters, when you start your prayer, one of the prayers that you should pray is that God will not let you reap what you have sown. Because some of you, what you have done to your pastors. Look, put your two hands on your head and ask God to have mercy upon you even before you step up. You insulted your pastor in your room. You criticized him. Yes. And now, you are stepping out there. Uh, but may God have mercy on you. Paul. Paul, eh? There was a guy called Alexander Akopas. That guy. He said, Alexander the Copperspit hath done me much in. Is that what? May the Lord reward him. According to his words. Mercy. Look, you put your two hands on your head to ask for mercy. You insulted your pastor. When your pastor was taking second offering, you, you insulted him. You remembered against him. Do you remember? Now you two are going to say, look, we don't take only first offering. No. We take two offerings. Uh-huh. What even killed you crowd was the booster. And now you are going to see that after taking the first offering and the second offering, the whole offering is two gunners and fifty pesos. So you need booster to boost it. But you criticize your pastor for taking booster. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. What do you think? Are you understanding the costs? Yes. Hallelujah. And you know, this is the main test. This is the main test. Your ability to pay the price is what will qualify you to be a church planter. And that is what will cause God to bless your work. Yes. You see, Jesus was preaching, everybody was giving him funds. He was doing miracles. Then he stopped. They said, I'm going. He said, I'm going. He said, I'm going to the cross. Because he understood that without going to shed his blood, and making the blood available, no man could be saved. For almost all things are by the law, perished by the blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. 
So he did. So Peter called and said, you can't go. He said, look, you don't know what you're talking about. That's why he called Peter Satan. You don't understand it? Because Peter had become an enemy of the cross. It's not going to be easy. That's why I said, I wish you more sufferings. You are going to be refined. Your character is going to be changed. Your holiness, your righteousness, everything is going to change. In fact, the good news in all this is that you yourself, you are going to be saved. You yourself, you are going to be saved. The church that you are going to plant, through that, you yourself, you are going to be saved. Because now you are going to be careful. Some of you, you are serving a lot, but one or two fornication here and here. Every six months, one be. Well, not, not, not frequent, but. Understand it? No, no, it's not like before. Even 2016, from January, it was just December 23. You don't even know what happened. Huh? But now that you're going to start a church. Teaching us that living soberly, righteously, and godly on this present earth. Yes. The church members will be watching you. Because now you are suffering. You are suffering. A suffering doesn't remove his trousers by heart. Eh? Stand up, sister. Stand there. You, you can't stand there. Now that you're going to be yours, you can't just take this and pull it up. Brother church planters. It doesn't mean that the erections are stopped. Though. No, the erections doesn't stop like that. The erections that till you die. But now that you're going to be a church planter, when it comes, you put your hand and say, Brother, look, now we are church planters. <laughs> it's part of the sufferings. Some of these your pastor, they have suffered to control directions. You have to control it.
صدق صدق You have to lay hands and say, brother, as Paul said, that through many tribulations, we might enter into the kingdom of God. It's so easy. I understand the costs. Yes. You have to fast and pray. It's part of the cost. You can't be eating the way you used to eat. Uh, you don't pray. You don't fast. No, 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 no. You see, that's why I said, when I finish with this part, I'll actually wait. And then, you know, just take your bath. It's like our school. Our school, we have different ways of being withdrawn. You can be withdrawn officially. For things like theft, if you steal out, yes, and some things are not accepted at all. Poor, consistent academic performance out, and then there's another type of drawer. It's called self-sacking. Where, where the person sits. Uh, when you put two and two together, I realize I know. Either he sacks himself or he just takes his bargain. Hallelujah. Amen. You have to overcome. You have to overcome. You have to overcome. You see, church planting is a spiritual warfare. Yeah. Some of you are going to begin to experience some problems that you have never in your life experienced before. Immediately now you have declared that you are going to start a church and win souls for the Lord. You have become Satan's enemy, the first rank of enemies, he has joined. He doesn't like it at all. When people declare that they want to come for his souls. No. 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 Paul said in 1 Corinthians 69, eh? he said, a great door and effectual is open to me. But there are many adversaries. The door for church planting has been opened. But we are going to face many adversaries. Yes, that's the cost. But I do understand the cost. Stand up. Do you understand the cost? Yes, please. Eh? Are you ready to pay the cost? Yes, please. Yeah. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Yes. I said that I used to be a lay pastor. I was a lay pastor for 14 years. Okay. Then the Lord said, it's, it's okay. Now I want you to pastor a church full time. Okay. I had to give up my hospital. I had a hospital. It was one of the biggest 
hospitals, private hospitals in Accra. Even though it was just five years. Yes. Big. I was the doctor for more than 40 corporate clients, companies. Latest food, farm milk, cowbell. Yeah. Central University. Many, many, many companies. Farm milk, have you seen the boys who sit on the poppy, poppy, poppy? Yes. Every six months, I send my team to go to every depot. They work at depots, to every depot in Accra to screen them, do stool tests, typhoid tests, and the rest. Every six months. The workers that produce the farm milk within the factory every six months. And then when they are sick, they will come to me. Had money. Was so rich. The hospital had, it was 17 bed capacity for VIP world. X-ray department. Had a surgical theater. Had an ambulance. Scan machine. Heart examination machine. Lab. Had about close to 30 workers. Yes. And it was my hospital. At the end of the month, when I paid the staff, paid the drugs, everything that was left was mine. And the Lord said, it's over. Yeah. Between about, I wanted to come for full time. You know, the, the decision started bubbling in my spirit from about 2000-2001. So I used to go to Bishop. To discuss the hospital. What should I do? Where my current office is in the basement, who sit down, come, different suggestions. And, and I had done an evaluation of the hospital. You know, they are professional valuers. You understand? Yeah, like, like here, we can bring professional value. They will value this campus for us. And those is, it was, you know, millions. Millions. Doctors came, looked at it, they liked it, they couldn't pay, you know, all kinds of things. One of the one of the options was for me to employ a doctor, give him shares. Because it was hospital, so that I let's give you forty percent shares. That's not it. And then he'll be there whilst I was gone. But the thing about our medical practices, sometimes people do bad things, like abortions and issue false certificates and all that. So even if you are not there, it affects you. Yeah. So before you realize you are going to prison, because you are the owner of the hospital, and the medical director. So that option, I said no. So one day I just walked to a certain doctor's office. 
They had a small clinic somewhere there. And I brought him. I said, Do you like it? I, said, I like it. That's okay. Give me something small. I can have it. Yeah. So we, we, we agreed. Even what he gave to me, he couldn't pay it. His client, his client was a lawyer, was the person who paid. And I walked away. I told my wife, I need to go. God bless her. She said, no problem, you can go. I walked away. I went for the interview and they told me my salary. My salary that they were going to give to me was less than my type. That I was paying. That was my salary. You want to preach? You want to start a church? You want to follow Jesus? It will cost you something. Yes. So see, some of you pastors, sometimes you feel like giving up. No, but that's the reality. The hunger you are going through there, that is the reality. Somebody came to follow Jesus. Jesus said, the son of man had no nowhere to lay his Some of you are facing marital battles. Your wives have become opponents. After a boxing match, when you go back to your corner, they are supposed to fan you. Give you some water to drink. But some of you, your wives, when you go into the corner, she's coming to pour hot water on you. It's part of the sufferings. It's part of the sufferings. For it has been given unto you. So, so the sufferings, it has been given. Now, it's not accidental. Whatever sufferings and pain you are going through, it is not accidental. It, is, it has been given. As part of believing in the Lord, eh, that whole package, part of it included in it, suffering. Some of you don't have money. Now be on the field, but you're still going lean. You have money. Some of you have lost your wives. You are working for God. God couldn't heal your wife. When your wife was sick, God didn't heal her. Oh, you're mobbed. 
and God made your wife. Now you are alone. It's part of the suffering. Please sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Sit down. My topic it has to start a church. Number one thing that you do when you start a church, count the cost. When they gave me my paycheck, I looked at it. Said, "Wow, what a shock!" But that was the price. That was the price. Many years ago, I went to the bishop. We were at Kologono. And I told him, I said, Bishop, I really admire that mountain on your life. I really like it. I admire it. I want your anointing. I said, it's a very good thing to desire. But he said, you have to pay the same price that I paid. I left my medical profession. You have to do the same. This was long before I even thought of coming to full time. Yes. Some of you want a mountain, but you can't pay the price. Even you cannot sow a seed into the life of an anointed man of God. It's very difficult for you. Huh? Huh? Recently, an anointed man of God came to preach for me. He preached powerfully. He raised our funds, everything. And I decided the honorarium I was going to give to him. Good honorarium, powerful. Let's give him this. Powerful honorarium. When I gave him the honorarium, he sent me a test. So, thank you so much for your gargantuan honorarium. That was a test that he sent to me. But as he was preaching, you are just ending. You just almost ended. Adi, Adi had ended. And I have taken the mic. Adi had ended. He has gone to sit down. I have taken the mic to round out the whole thing. And the Lord said, Anahim. 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 So I said, if you want to tap into this man's anointed, come and so. Had people coming. A lot of money. Then me myself, I took my checkbook. And I signed and had it. And gave it to my best ancestor. I said, go and give it to him. When she went, he immediately sent me a text. I said, what is this? He told the lady, oh, what? Bishop has already given me also. Then, then, then the lady said, oh, he said I should bring this one also. You want to be anointed. You can't sway it all. And see that they are taking blood from you. You say you don't have money. Yeah, but that's the more reason why I have to sue. Wow. Is that a blessing? Look. You want to follow God, he'll kill you. He'll kill you before he raises you up. 
How many of you feel on the mission field that God is killing you? How many of you, you are losing your self-confidence? God, you thought that, you know, before you went on, you thought you were very powerful. Last year, our final year Bible students, eh, I told them, even long before graduation, I look, you are not pastors. You are not. You are not qualified for us to lay our hands on you. To say that we are a pastor. They are not qualified. Yeah? Instead of humbling themselves to learn and to rise up and to work hard, they went to insult us. They had a meeting in their room. Six of them sorted us. One of them said he's more qualified than those who are already on the missions. Than you guys. Meanwhile, he said, Light Church, as we're speaking, not even 10 people. They said all kinds of things. You see, it's arrogance, it's pride. It's pride. Out of us, oh, we are qualified, we are, we are qualified. qualified. But it's when you go on the field, you lose your confidence. God will kill you. Hey! Eh? He will kill you. You go into the soil and rot. How many of you feel that you are rotting? Child planters. You do evangelism. Sunday when you go, nobody. And not only one Sunday. So me mom there. I wanted to finish this session and then those of you have to leave. Have you taken your keys? Hey! You have started the church two months, oh brother. Eh? Two months. Two months. Two people. Three people. Sometimes one and a half. A woman with the baby at the back. One of our pastors is a big missionary now in uh, another part of the world. It's a big church of churches, pastors. He sends a lot of people to the Bible school all the time. One time, he was pastoring a church, an earlier church. He went to church and nobody came. I, th- I think one person also, that day, 
il fait sous ça. Il fait sous ça. Il fait disappointed. Il fait was no court. Hein? That's what I mean by God will kill you. He will kill you. Because you can die. Today. Today. Huh? Today. He is on the road to becoming a bishop. His only son to plant a church. So you can't escape. I wish I could help you to escape. But we can't help you. Your pastors, they can't help you. They themselves. They've gone through it and they are going through it. So why do you come and look at it? So God bless you, brother. You keep on. But I see you becoming a powerful church planter. I say God is going to help you. Amen. The helper, the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's why He's there. Because that thing is difficult. That's why God has sent us a helper to help us. And He will help you. He will anoint you. He will counsel you. He will guide you. He will assist you. He will gather the people for you. You watch and see. He will gather the people for you. Hallelujah. Count the cost. Count the cost. Yes. William Carey, he suffered in India. His friends who went to film, they all died. I think he married three or four times. His children died. Yes. It's always the same. It's always the same. Hallelujah. But God is going to use you. Church planters, you are all churches. There's not even one church planter here who is not a church. You are a church. In fact, you are churches. But your church will grow. You also will send somebody to start another church. Wow. Are you clapping your hands for the Lord? Sit down. So are you living? Number two, you only need two or three people to start a church. You only need two or three people. Jesus said, where two or three have gathered in my name, there will I also be in the midst of them. Yes. So Jesus Matthew chapter 10. Luke 9. He sent them two by twos. Amen? People laugh at us. 
How can you call this one a church? You have five people, ten people. It's a fellowship. It's not a fellowship, it's a church. A church is when believers have gathered. Do you understand it? So we are going to send you in twos. How many of you know my good friend Bishop Steve Asari? Eh? How many church planters? I'm talking about church planters. How many church planters know Bishop Steve? One of the most powerful bishops of Lighthouse. That's a huge church at Kachimota. Produced many, many pastors. Build churches, church buildings and churches. Branches traveled all over the world to preach. That church is pastoring. Was started by himself and myself. Wow. Yes. He started it in 1995. No, 1994. 1994. I either late 94 or early 95. I think early 95. But I, I, I remember when we were going to do for a place, God Bishop called us and said, The two of you, I want you to go and start a church. At Achimota area. So we started looking for a place. We sat in my car, I was using my Opel Ascona. And we drove on the Achimota road, going to uh, uh, Taifa and this, uh, that of our core barrier. Yes. We drove looking everywhere. We couldn't find a place. Then we turned. As we were coming back, we're coming back like that. I saw a sign. Milky Way restaurant. I said, oh, let's check this. So we just passed, parked the car and then we went there. We entered the compound. There was a restaurant. We asked for the owner. And so the owner is a pastor. And we saw that. So the compound and then there was a, a house and then behind the house was a chapel. A church building. There's a church building. There. Maybe something like six meters, six meters by maybe 25. So we went to see the woman. So what do you want? So we need a place to start a church. Yes, so. That's my church building. I'm a pastor, evangelist. We have church there. But we start late. So if you people were agree to start earlier, I can let you use the place. Then we say thank you. Then listen, she says and said, Go and tell your people that you can start tomorrow. Then, then we told her that the people is <laughs> we, we are the, the people. Yeah. Our first Sunday, my wife, myself, my wife, my son. Bishop Steve, wife, and son. 
six. I think Reverend Michael Somali and his brother. I think that was it. Seven or eight. We started. That church is what Bishop Steve has built into that hill cathedral. So, church planters, when we send you to go and start a church, alright, don't go and steal other people's church planters. Do you remember yesterday when I was, when I started preaching, I said, most new churches are just a recycling. We don't want that. Go and look for real sinners. Of course, when you start a church and somebody says, look, I used to go to a church here, you know, I've stopped for a long time, or I don't want, I want to come. No problem. But what I'm saying is that let us make sinners a real target. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, we look at what happens at the Colgono Cathedral, then we say to ourselves, hey, we have real sinners. People are stealing the church. People, all kinds of things you can see that real sinners have entered the church. Bring young ladies, they are sleeping around all the time. Reasonless. So two or three is enough. Hallelujah. So when we send you like don't say that, oh, you know, uh, you know, we need more people. No. Jesus sent two. We also send him two. And it will work. It will work. You go out there and the helper, the Holy Spirit will help you to gather. The two become three. To become five. To become seven. To become ten. You will see it. You don't even know how they are coming, but gradually. The Holy Spirit. As you give yourself to it, it will help you to gather. I see you having a mega church. Hallelujah. Amen. Huh? Number three. Don't be in a hurry to see. Don't be in a hurry to have a big church. When I say don't be in a hurry, that is don't be too desperate. It's like you have started within one month that you, you want the whole place to be full, so you are not happy. Like you are having five people after one month. If you are not happy, I mean, you feel that by now you should have 40 people. Nobody can grow. A human being cannot grow eh, from one foot to six feet in one week. Doesn't happen. Yes, yeah. So the church, it will grow. But if you are too much in a hurry, you even end up doing the wrong. That's when people steal people's church members. You know, you go around and then you coerce. Oh, your church, now, I said you don't do anything. What do people do? 
After church, what do you do? You just go home. Oh, we are at church. We stay, we do training. Say, hey, just come. Leave them. They are not serious. You don't have a vision. And remember that whatever seeds you sow, you reap it. You to one day, when you are there, you have grown your church. You have 70 people. Somebody will talk like that and clear 55 of them. Amen? Amen. Eh? Can a nation be brought forth in a day? No. So keep working. What you should be worried about is long-standing stagnation. But as long as it's growing, steadily, it's working. It's working. You should always work Work at believing God and working at letting the church grow steadily. Can I have an amen? amen. Huh? Wow. Pray for pillars and recruit pillars. Number three. Pray and recruit pillars. Pray for laborers. Is that what Jesus said? Huh? Yes. Matthew chapter 9 from verse 36. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. For they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep without a shepherd. Then said he to his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Verse 38. Pray ye therefore to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. That's as you have to pray and say, Lord, give me to people to help me. As I'm about to start this way, give me people to help me. Give me people to help me. You know, if you have started a church before, there's sometimes you see. When you start the church, you know, there are people who come around that, they come, they disappear and all that. But you see this one or two people that, you know, you don't know them from anywhere. They've just started coming. But it's like, they just begin to like you. They come so pastor, so, I mean, uh, can I help? You know, is that something that you want me to do? You know, I, then God is sending you pillars. When Jesus was about to start his church, he recruited pillars. Yes? Matthew chapter 4, 18 to 20, he recruited Peter and Peter, Andrew, James and John. Matthew 18, he recruited Matthew. Matthew was sitting at castle. He said, what are you doing? He said, I'm a castle. Follow me, follow me. Yes? You recruited people. So pray. Pray. Lord, send me helpers. Send me workers. And pastors, those of you who already have churches, this one prayer you must pray all the time. Look, for the church to work, you need workers. Oh, yes. 
you need workers. The more workers you have, the more successful you will be. Many of you are struggling because everything depends on you. That's why you are struggling. That's why you have to give yourself your main work must to must be to recruit and train workers all the time, shepherds. Yeah. Just last two weeks, I've started two area fellowship training schools. Yeah. One has 200 people. The other one has about 150. I'm training them for about six weeks. And then we'll pair them to go and start area fellowships. So 200 plus 150. 350. Divide by two. How, how much is that? About 175. Is that also? So in six weeks we are starting 175 area fellowships. If we start 175 area fellowships and in four months each of them has five people multiply it. How much is that? How much is that? Multiply, multiply. 175. By five. Eight hundred and seventy-five. Yeah. So in four to six months, we can add close to nine hundred people to the church. Amen. Recruit pillars. Church planters, do you understand what I'm sharing? What is the first step in starting a church? The second step is what? Sorry? I can't hear you. Number three. Don't be in a hurry. Number four. Pray for and uh, recruit pillars. Amen. What do you think? Yes. Wow. Number five. Lay a foundation of prayer. Lay a foundation of prayer. Eh? Now listen. I will say that in terms of importance, this is number two. The first one is counting the cost. It's because it is it is it is it is the cost, it's your readiness to pay the, the price. That even makes you available to start a church anyway. If you are not ready to pay the price, you can't even start. Do you understand it? Yes. Then a foundation of prayer. You have to pray for days, 21 days. Fasting and praying. Why? Because you are giving birth to a spiritual entity. When people are starting physical businesses, they also lay foundations. 
they build capital, they register the company, they find places, whatever, they do research, different kinds of things. All that before they start. But the church is a spiritual organism which must be given back through a spiritual exercise. Prayer. Amen. Amen. That's why I said all church planters, pastors, make sure they pray for 100 hours. 100 hours. You have to use all nights. You have to use holidays. Where's Michael? How many hours have you guys prayed? You have finished 100 hours. Yes. 100. Kusu. Come and show us how. Come and show us how you both prayed. How did you organize it? We we make use of all nights. Mike, 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 please. Uh, we we use Friday nights usually. So every Friday night, we have all nights. And when there's a holiday, we also pray from like. In the morning to afternoon, then we go. Yeah. Over a period of time, 100 hours. Wow. Huh? Why? Why must you pray? I say because it's a spiritual cancer. Number two, you must pray because Jesus prayed before he started his church. Is that not so? Matthew chapter 3. Was it chapter 4? Wow. Then was Jesus led up. Matthew chapter 4. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness. To be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards unhanked. Amen? So he prayed 40 days and 40 nights. Eh? It was after that that Satan came to tempt him. Is that not so? Eh? Then, after the temptation, from verse 17, look up, verse 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He started planting his church. He started planting his church. But first, he went to pray. Hello? I said, Jesus prayed before he started his church. So you must also pray. Because he is the best example of a church planter. If we want to be successful, we better follow what he did. Amen? Church planters, your days of not praying are over. 
May you receive the spirit of supplication. Receive the spirit of supplication. In the name of Jesus. to pray. Come with me to Matthew chapter 12. From verse 29. You also have to pray. Listen. Because Satan will not be willing to freely Happily, willingly give up the sinners that are in his hands. Amen. You have to pray before you start because Satan will not be ready to happily, willingly, joyfully hand over. The sinners that is controlling eh? to you. Please don't sleep. Everybody sit up, please. All right. Hallelujah. Amen. Matthew chapter 12 from verse 29. Or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods? Except he first bind the strong man. And then, he will spoil his house. Amen? Amen. Huh? Yes. yes. What do armed robbers do when they enter the house? Recently, a couple were armed robbed. When they entered the house, the man and the wife were in their room. And their little daughter was in another room. So they took the lady and then sent her to the daughter's room. Stay there. And they came to the man. They tied him up. And they put a gun to his head. Then they now started their operations. You see, they, 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 they bound up the strong man. Yeah. The ladies, they know you can only shout one bit. But this strong man can easily give problems. Yes. If you enter somebody's house, you don't know what the person has. Doesn't it? So they take care of the strong man. That's what they did. They collected their things and then they left. Up to now, the wife was telling that when a husband is there, I mean, you can see that he's afraid. He's been deeply traumatized. So you too, Satan has sinners. All the drunkards in the town, they are his. 
the prostitutes, the thieves, lies, all the people who don't believe in, believe in God, idol worship, they all belong to Satan. And he's very happy to have them. Now you have decided to come for them. And you are just walking, going. You've eaten your fufu, your amin, abang, kwan, goat meat. Some is coming from your nostrils. And then, as you are going, you are better. <laughs> and you are going to collect them. You wait. Satan will give you some. Listen. Listen. You better prepare. Otherwise, we will kill you. Witches will kill you. Juju men will kill you. Yes. They will attack you spiritually. So you have to deploy all the spiritual powers that you have. And thank God that we have spiritual weapons. The name of Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus Christ. We have it. Hmm? Huh? What is that? In the name of Jesus. No matter how great a witch is, they will bow. So you have to stay in your room and say, Lord, as you are sending me to Okwasi area, I stand here as your servant. In the name of Jesus. Another weapon that we have is the blood. We also have the angels. So as you are going out, you are going in the name of Jesus, you are going covered with the blood, the angels have been released. Oh. When you get a setup, we say, look, please, we don't want any. Collect as many as. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Yes, that's why you have to pray. And use the name of Jesus. Let this mind be in you. Which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it's not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Huh? And took on the likeness of man and the form of a servant. And being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also has given him a name that at the mention. A dimension of the name of Jesus. Every knee 
shall bow of things in heaven, of things on earth, of things beneath the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Ah. You have to bind all the witches, all the juju men. Eh? Just said it. For we rested not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. But the weapons of our warfare are mighty true. So you have to deploy all these powers. Then when you launch it, they'll be saluting you like They say, What do you want? This one, please, we beg you. Amen. Amen. When Jesus died, eh? remember Jesus told Peter, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. When he died, sit down. Satan and his demons were having a wonderful party. But Jesus needed the keys. They were happy. Jesus was dead. They were singing, He's dead, He's dead. We have killed Him. He's dead, we are finishing. They were jumping. And suddenly, Jesus appeared at the gate. They had, had locked the gate of bounces, demonic bounces. When they saw, they started trembling. They said, don't worry, I didn't come for you. Go and tell your master that. I'm here. They went to tell Satan that Jesus, he said, he kicked the door and started walking. Satan was popomiasis. He went to give him some dirty stuff. Pa, 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 but all the demons were very surprised. They have never seen Satan that so humble. Two hands. Yes, sir, master. Yes, sir. It's when you pray in the name of Jesus, you bind the witches, the vada. Then you can go and collect. The human beings. That's why you must pray. That's why you must fast. And it doesn't end when you start the church. It's forever. 
So those of you pastors who are not praying, you know it yourself. That thing is not working. <laughs> Amen? Amen? So lay a foundation of prayer. Isaiah chapter 66. From verse 8. You can pick from verse 7. Before she traveled, she brought forth, she brought forth. Before her pain, her pain came, she was delivered of a man child. Verse 8. Who had heard such a thing? Who had heard such a thing that before a woman, a uh, a pregnant woman has pains then or then she's brought forth. No, it doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen that way. Who had heard such a thing? Who had seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? Shall a church be born at once? For as soon as Zion, and Zion refers to the church, for as soon as the church travailed, she brought forth her children. The church will bring forth her children when she travails. Just as a pregnant woman. You should go to the labor world. Ask them these ones. They will move their clothes. Walking around. The pain of the. I know some of you have insulted you. Hey, Jonas! Hey, Jonas! Foolish poison! So those of you who don't give adequate chop money in the rest. Don't be screaming. Don't be screaming. It's not a simple thing. When you ask them, so will you, after this one, will have a, no, 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 no. But after that they forget so they go back there. It's all the work of God. But that is how children are brought forth. It's very painful. It's very painful. So you have to travel in prayer. You have to pray Kale Mahaya and Deri Lord, if you can use anybody, use me, Lord. Lord, please, give me the pillars. Gather the people. I can't do it, Lord. Please help me. As I go out, gather the people. I bind demons. I bind witches. 
I bind the principalities in that area, Lord. In the name of Jesus, as I step away, cover me with your blood. Let your angels keep me. Lord, fill me with your power. Anoint me, Lord. For it is not by mind, it's not by power. Shandehaya, Adarimohoshe, Pandikalia. Pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Lakalimo Setesh. Ask the Lord to use you. Come on, lift up your hands. Ask the Lord to use you. Materimo Hotemali, Anderimo Zemahaya, Talemo Zemohotoribaha, Mandiribohosere, Shade Mohaya, Anderimola, lift up your hands. Landiribohokamine, Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Lord, give me pillars. Lord, gather the people. Gather the people. Show me where to plant the church. Show me where to go. Anoint me, Lord. Anoint me, Lord. Give me the hidden. Oh God, for my possession, the utmost part of the earth, for my inheritance. In the name of Jesus. Matei, Zachary Mohote. Lift up your hands, everybody. Pray. Rabele, 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 lift up your hands, pray, lift up your voice, pray. For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought for her children. As soon as Zion travailed, as soon as Zion travailed, as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Malimaha, Alendese, Shadi. Makale, 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 Sibole, Shande, Epolina, Sakaleme, Adilie, Shabende, 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 Sabilimo, Palabele, Satele, Pole. Randeremo, Maka, 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 Ale, 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 Shelebo, Shebolo, 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 Shebolo. Shebolo, Mandele, Salaba, Makaliboho, Panderemo, Makalimaha, Arandiriboho, Shibalame, Adandese, Mikolobo, Deboriandiriboho, Adandese, Makaria, Mbokamine, Sabaniboho, Abakiriboho, Pantakandese, Ayandabo, 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 Ayandabo. Ayandabo, 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 Shebolia, Malie, 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 
Lift up your hands and pray. God is anointing you to plant churches. God is anointing us to plant churches. God is giving us churches. The churches are being brought forth. The churches are being brought forth. We are giving back to them right now. In the name of Jesus. the churches that you have given to us. Thank you for the anointing that you have given to us to plant churches. We receive them in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Scriptures that you can use to pray. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10. Thy will be done. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10. Thy kingdom come. Psalm 2 verse 8. Ask of me and I shall give thee the hidden for thy inheritance. The utmost part of the earth for thy possession. Psalm 2 verse 8. 1 Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 10. Enlarge my course. When we are planting churches, the Lord is enlarging our course. May the Lord enlarge your course. Every pastor here, the Lord will give you 100 churches. Ezekiel 36 37. Increase them of men like a flock. Ezekiel 36 37. Increase them of men like a flock. Isaiah 66 8. For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought for her children. Galatians 4.19 I travail in bed again. My little children of whom I travail in bed again that Christ be formed in you. Amen. Do you have all the scriptures? Uh, church planters. If we're a church planter alright, where's the book? Okay. If we're a church planter Alright, you have to get this book. How many church planters don't have this book? Honestly. 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 So get it. Get it. Amen. Get it. It's your first cost. Do you remember the counter cost? Yeah. So your money that you came, you used to buy it. If you have to walk, you know, just walk back. Are coming from Kumasi, you start tomorrow by the weekend. You arrive. Yeah. And now that you have become a church planter, you even get a lift. You stand and declare, say, Lord, I'm your church planter. Steps to starting a church. Number one is what? I can't hear you. 
count the costs. Number two is what? Is enough. Number three. Don't be in a hurry to see the church grown. Number four is what? Pray for and recruit pillars. Number five. Lay a foundation of prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Eh? Number six. For those of you who are going to plant church fully, this one is yours. Don't be desperate for money. Don't be desperate for money. What does that mean? It means that don't let this new church that you have started with a few people suddenly become the solver of all your financial problems. I get it. Yes. That is why you must use the wisdom of the power of the lay ministry. Yes. So now, if you want to start a church, what we tell you, go and look for a job. Get a job. And do the job. And as they are paying you, alright, you start the church. You understand it? And get a job that will give you a lot of time for the work. If you go and work in the bank from 8 o'clock to 7 p.m. Monday to Saturday, you have no time to build the church. Hallelujah. I get what I'm saying. Yes. This new small church, they can't pay your rent. They can't pay your salary. They can't pay your children's school fees. If you force it on them, they won't come to church. They are tired. Ah. Always you are saying something. You are preaching. There are just about five people there. You see, when God calls you, God expects you to suffer. But not like suffer every day. Do you see? Yeah. That's why he even gives you people in the church. So when they see your sufferings, they can help you. For example, even now, you know, I don't have money to pay a rent. But I'm believing God. That God himself would provide. You know. Yeah. God but even if he doesn't provide. That's why even, you know, for example, some of you are here. And I don't know why I should suffer for rent. So what are you trying to say? Amen. Number seven. Be a motivational speaker. Be a motivational speaker. That means be an encouraging leader. When you gather three people and say, this is a church. Honestly. Honestly. You have seen people starting churches. But not the way we are. How can you say three of us we are a church? So they are discouraged. But you should be there. Motivate them. Encourage them. And say to them. Today I'm going to show you a powerful scripture. I want all of you to turn your Bible to Job chapter 8 and verse 7. Have you opened? Read it. Today we are three. We are four. But God said read it. He said though that beginning was small. 
yet the latter end shall be greatly enlarged. Everybody say greatly enlarged. But you tell them, say greatly enlarged. It means God is saying we shouldn't look at today. Look at today. I remember we were in a church when our pastor started. We were just two people there. Today, that church, as I was talking to you about the Achimota church, he says, You give examples and encourage the people. Yeah. You tell them, Have you seen those of you here? One day, a lot of people are going to come to the church. But I'm going to tell those of you to stand up and I'm going to say, Have you seen this one? These are the foundational members. So the real members of the church. Don't let anybody come and take your place. You better stand up, stand up. Have you seen your place? Here. Sit here. Always sit here. Watch and see. Every time God is doing something, start small. Then you ask, do you remember Jesus Christ? When he started his church, there were only 12 people. Matthew, Peter, all these guys. But now, look at his church. The Catholic church alone has more than one billion. Quickly increase. Then you speak in some tongues, it's like, they look at you and say, hey, when they go, they say, Ha, Pastor? Then they will say, Charlie, I want you to join the church. They will be bringing their people. Yeah. Yeah. Philip told Nathaniel, Come. Hallelujah. But when you stand, you have three people. You said, praise the Lord. Praise, oh, when I say praise the Lord, why? You don't want to mind. Is it because we are just three? Okay, I mean, we are three. It's not my fault. You see, I, I, I've gone around a lot of places. I, I don't know why God, only three of us have come. I, I, you see, I don't know. So, I see that this guy, whatever, me, they are even dying. I don't know what God will do. So perhaps, perhaps God will do something. I don't know. You see that? Look, I don't understand why God we are just to them. When I look at this man, he doesn't have hope in himself. We, we can't follow him. So be a motivation. Stand and say, you people here, you are going to become the pastors of the church. One day I will be sending some of you and start branch of the church. And God is going to bless you. Look, this is your, uh, the cassava that you have been selling at the market. And this is it. You watch and see. One day you have a cassava plantation. God is going to bless you. Continue to be here. You see, your work. To encourage the words of hope. You have to give hope to people. Amen. 
Huh? Yes. You have to give hope to people. Do you know the difference between hope and faith? Faith is the belief that something is there or has happened. So when a lady is believing God for a husband and she's growing 25, 28, 30, 35. See, she has faith that she has a husband. But as the husband is not there, she becomes discouraged. Doesn't it? Hope is forces. Don't give up. Hope is what sustains the person until the faith is materialized. So you have to give your people hope all the time. I tell my daughter, I say, oh, husband, your husband, you have a husband. You watch and see. There's one lady I told her, I said, I will laugh at you on the day of your wedding. She was about 40. Say, I will laugh. I told her, I will laugh at you. And surely, surely. On the day that I was marrying her, she was 42. And I was laughing at her. Hope. But when you yourself, you are tibor. When you come, you say, "Um, please, just in case you brought a Bible, can you turn it to me? If my Bible, uh, where's my Bible? Oh, I, today I forgot my Bible at home. Look at it. Please get to follow me. You must give people hope. Can I have an amen? amen. Church planters are you here? Yeah? Huh? Yes. Number eight. Witnessing and follow up. I told you that when Jesus started his church, he went about and he witnessed people and gathered them. So, all church planters must have the skills of witnessing. Outreaching. When we start the church, you can have a major crusade. But crusades are expensive. You need crusade, crusade equipment, platform, chairs, electricity, so many things. So often, it is, it is not very possible and practical. So what is practical is one-on-one evangelism. person to person evangelism. Are you getting that? Winning souls. But before you begin to win souls, you must have a certain attitude. Let me give you three attitudes that you must have before you can win souls. Number one, have great love for sinners. Have great love 
Listen. When we say go and start a church, we are not saying go and start a factory, we are start a structure. We are saying go and gather sinners. Do you remember yesterday I explained to you what a church really is? A church is when it's the gathering of, of people for the purpose of teaching them the word of God. Your success, child planters, listen to this, your success at, at, at starting a church is dependent first and foremost on your love for sinners. Your love for sinners. It's a love of love for sinners that will help you to go to every cost. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Do you understand it? Yeah. And most of us, we don't love sinners. We don't love sinners. But God loved us. But sinners. Hmm? Do you know that? Come with me to Romans chapter 5. From verse 6. Romans chapter 5 from verse 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet per adventure, a good man, yet for per adventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. Verse 8. But God commended his love towards us in that why we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, God commended his love. Listen to me. You will fail to plant a successful church if you don't love sinners. What would, what will, what would, what would, you know, what will move you to face all odds? Eh? And go through all problems is the love of God. The love for sinners. Hallelujah. While we're yet sinners, God loved us. Jesus loved sinners. He was always surrounded by sinners. Listen, you must understand who a sinner is. A sinner is somebody whose mind has been blinded by Satan. For if our gospel be hate, it is hate from them that I lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds. Lest the glorious 
light of the gospel to shine. So, so a sinner is a sinner. It's like a blind man who cannot see it. You understand? So everything that the person is doing, it's not that the person wants to do it. Too. There is a spirit that is controlling the person. For example, if a man bends that another man should use his penis to enter his anus. Now ask yourself, what, what is in the anus of a man that is desirable? The bottles of a man. It's not nice. Some square, rectangular, something bony. So for another man to have attraction for such a place, you must understand that. Yes, sir. It's not natural. So you, you shouldn't insult him. You should love him. You should pity him. For as a man pitied his children, so has the Lord pitied us. As for ladies, but when we see it, we now we have to control us. They have to come to us. And when they are pulling us away, we want to. Loose round. One is here, one is here. Yes, dancing. Soft. Nicely arranged. You see a drunkard. Drink. Go and fall in the gutter. Wake up. Go and bath. And when you leave him, you go back to the same place. It's not his fault. So the Bible says, for God commended his love towards us in that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ came to die for us. How many of you will not insult sinners again? Love them. Number two, have compassion on sinners. Have compassion on sinners. Have compassion. Jesus had compassion. When he saw the multitudes, Matthew 9, 36, he had compassion. When they brought the woman who had been taken in adultery, John 8, he had compassion and gave him and gave her another chance. Do you understand that? 
You have to have compassion. Now, what does compassion mean? Compassion means to, to be so sympathetic to somebody and with somebody's problems and situations that you want to do something about it. So compassion is different from sympathy. When you sympathize, it ends there. You have a feel, oh, it's too bad. Oh, so sorry. It ends. Compassion moves forward. It's too bad. It's so sorry. What can I do to help? That's compassion. So have compassion for sinners. When you have compassion for sinners, you want to do something to save them. Last Monday, went to the golf course. And there are these boys, caddies, who are there plenty. When I step on the first tee box, a lot of them, some sitting, some, I just looked at them in a flash. I had compassion. I said, guys, come, come around. Quite a lot, maybe about 20 of them. People go to church. Then I put my hands. It's a guy, take tall, beard. I put my hands on his shoulder like this. I started talking to them. See, you are all young people. I have to go to church. I have to serve Jesus. I have to find Christ. I started talking to them. I just about to tear off. And look at us, my brother. We need to serve the Lord. Then when I turned to him, then one of the guys said, Bishop, do you know his name? His name is called Church. Wow. So I said, Church. So he was smiling. Give your life to Christ. So I ministered to them. And I said, Let's hold hands. I mean, this, when you see them, I mean, this type of ruffians, they were all arrested by the Holy Spirit. And I led them, prayed with them, led all of them to Christ. See, I had compassion on them. These are attitudes that you must have. Before you can even say you are going to witness to anybody. If you see the sinner as a bad person, how can you witness to the person? But if you see that, if you can interpret the real nature of the sinner, as I've, I've explained, how many of you have, have understood as I've explained? Yes. Huh? Yeah. See a sinner as a child, a baby. Who cries by heart, who poops on himself, who weeps on himself, no control. He doesn't understand. And sometimes the best way of understanding a sinner is looking at yourself. When you are a sinner and now that you are saved, then you understand. Number three, have a burden to see sinners saved. Have a burden. To see sinners saved. Romans chapter 9. 
I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bury me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ, for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. Whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came, who is over all. God bless it forever. Amen. But watch. He says, I have continual sorrow and heaviness. That's a burden. Pastors, why you I have a burden for the people? A burden to see. You see, it is one of the things that will lead you to church growth. As you are going to church and you know that only 20 people out of the 2,000 people in the town are coming. And the rest are lost. It will jolt you into action. Our business is to bring people into the kingdom of God. It must be a burden. Our hearts must be filled with burden. Every time I'm driving to Kologono, I'm driving along the mortuary, I see a lot of young people jogging in their hundreds and say, Lord, these ones, who is going to save them? Presently, I was in another country and I went to a tourist place. There were hundreds of white people there, mostly. Drinking, dancing, eating, taking pictures, selfie, happy. I turned to my pastor friend and I said, These ones, how many of them know Christ? How many? Brothers, when God is asking us to go and start churches, eh, He's sending us to go and help sinners to come into the kingdom. We must have a burden. Paul said, I have heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart for my brethren. For my brethren. He said, I wish Christ could even curse me and save them. That is, that is how much his burden was. The strength to which his burden was. And pray for that burden. Pray that God will give you that burden. So these are the three attitudes that you must have. Alright? Now, how to do person-to-person evangelism? How to do person-to-person evangelism? So now you want to step out to go and evangelize. What must you do? Number one, pray before you set out. Pray before you set out. Evangelism without prayer is equal to waste of time. Evangelism without prayer is equal to waste of opportunity. Evangelism without prayer is equal to frustration. Evangelism without prayer prayer is equal to arguments with 
the people that you want to witness to. Evangelism without prayer, prayer is equal to no fruits. Yes. So pray. Don't just get up, eat banku and say, I'm going out. Pray. Pray at least one hour. Amen. Amen. Things to pray for. Pray for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Pray for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 4 verse 33. Number two, pray for God's grace to accompany you. Grace makes all things possible. Pray for signs and wonders to follow the preaching of the word. Pray for the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Pray for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mark 16.20 Number two, pray and ask the Holy Ghost to lead you to sinners. It is the Holy Spirit who can guide you to where the sinners are. And not only to where not only to where the sinners are, but sinners that he has prepared their hearts to receive. Do you understand that? Eh? Add six add sixteen six to fourteen. Add sixteen six to fourteen. The Holy Spirit guided Paul to Macedonia. Yes, where they went to preach. And there was a woman there who gave her life to Christ. You remember? Yes. You see, when you are doing person to person evangelism, as you are going, you see some people and you don't have any feeling towards them. You see somebody and it's like almost like they say, Pooh. That's the guidance of the Spirit. And you have to pray before you go. Will guide you. Amen? Amen. Sometimes you start witnessing to some people, they say, Ah, look, please, can't your eyes see that we are busy? Please, 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 please. So that you also meet some people, it's just, Oh, please. Yeah. It's all the works of the Holy Spirit. Next one. Pray that the Holy Spirit will bring conviction to sinners. John 16, 8. John 16, 8. And 9. Then pray to bind the strong man so that you can dispossess him of the sinners who are in his hands. Matthew 12, 29. Pray to bind the strong man so that you can dispossess him of the sinners who are in his hands. 
Hallelujah. So prayer is the first one. Number two. Uh, everything I said is prayer. Have you gotten all? Good. You get a message. You get a message in. And we are going to all the details. We'll be here for two weeks. So that's why the message is there. Are we recording the message? Yeah. Get everything. So church planters, get your church planting book and then get this camp message. And then get church planting that bishop has preached. Many of them in the Makane. Sorry? It's also beyond the podcast. How many of you listen to my podcast? Uh, it's all there. How many of you follow the bishop's podcast? Many of you don't download. Amen. Hallelujah. Number two, present yourself appropriately before you go out. Present yourself. Don't look like a ragamuffin. You see, people receive you also the way you present yourself. So number one, dress appropriately. Dress modestly. Not like an expensive, you are going for person, but you are going to put on suit. In the village there. Were you a politician? Have you come for campaigning? Or... But don't also dress shabbily. You just get some t-shirt you put on, it's crumpled, Put on your chalawote, your trousers is dead, you are moving there. That's not good. Dress modestly, nicely. Do you understand it? Brothers, your hair must be cut nice, your uh, mustache should be well trimmed, your beard nicely done, your armpit is smelling nicely, your mouth is smelling nicely. Because if your mouth has a bad odor, when I'm speaking, you are inconveniencing people. So they'll be going back like this. And they'll tell you, can you come tomorrow? And tomorrow, when they see you coming, they'll go and hide. Every time you lift up your hand to say, Jesus loves you. <clears throat> the odor it's too much. Sisters must have your breast covered. Don't expose your breast. Your skirt must be long. Or you put on trousers. Don't understand it. If you show your bumps, they will not listen to you. They will be watching your bumps. If you sit and your skirt is short, they will ask you, you know, preaching. You are supposed to look unto Jesus, but they can't look unto Jesus. They are looking at you.
So your skirt must be long. When you put on a short one, as you are, maybe you are preaching. So brothers, it's very good and your phone take, falls down. So you are taking like this. When you turn, even before you realize, you have three brothers, they have carried you. They have just... Why are you standing with your look? Brothers, your trousers should not be two pants. That there is a protrusion in front. There's a protrusion. And you are witnessing to the sister, and the sister is fine. So also, you are building a tent around. And the sister can see. No, she's listening to the word, and she just, she saw, saw, hey, what is it? She just take a bite and look. I'm teaching you how to do person to person evangelism. That is what I'm saying. Eh? <laughs> Sit down. So present yourself appropriately. Number three. When you see a sinner, what must you do? When you see a sinner, what must you do? Number one, approach boldly and cheerfully. Approach boldly and cheerfully. When you see a sinner, you just come like this. You're smiling. Not, not like Why? Cheerfully. Number two, greet appropriately with the appropriate gestures, especially appropriate traditional gestures. So, for example, don't use your left hand to greet. Yeah. Subconscious, if you see an elderly person, you have to buy a little. Buy a little. To the Greek, I become like a Greek. To the Jew, like a Greek. The Jew, that I might by all means win some. Number three, sit down only if you are given a seat. Are showing respect, you are showing politeness. If they don't receive you, you can't give your message. All this is to help for the people to receive you so that your message. 
Amen. You know, people don't like it when you go to the house. They have not given you a seat. You have gone to sit down. Huh? Huh? Why the cars on turns? Hey. So you stand. And say, oh, please sit down. That's right. But there's no seat. Even when you get a so so, oh, please, can you? And even, uh, okay, you. Uh, hey, why? Come to somebody's house. Number three. Number four. Introduce yourself and your mission without great emphasis on your church. Introduce yourself and your mission without eh, what? Great emphasis. What do I mean by that? People normally are put off when you can say, I'm from Lighthouse. I'm from assemblies. I'm from this. That's not it. Yeah. Jesus did not send us to go and preach our church. He sent us to go and preach the gospel. You see, you are doing everything for them to accept you so they can give you a message. Yeah. So introduce yourself. My name is Pastor Raymond. This evening, the Lord has touched my heart to bring his blessing to the people in this area and to pray for them. I was passing and when I saw you, I just felt that I should come and share the love of God and pray with you. That's why I'm here. Please, can I take two minutes of your time? Oh, please sit down. It's different from my name is uh, Pastor Foster. Yeah. From Lighthouse. Have you seen that church? That powerful church. We are everywhere. Yes. We are everywhere. What's the name of your church? Ah. Okay, anyway. Don't last. Let me talk to you about a proper church. Don't. Amen. Number what? Begin to witness to the person. Be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit. And of the special circumstance of the person. The Holy Spirit will always, you know, let's, let's, it can always be that. I came to tell you that you are a sinner. You need to be born again. You know this. The Holy Spirit has many ways. And so that what helps you is the circumstance of the person. You go and meet a lady sitting in her kiosk with her hands like this. Go and look on the shelves. Biscuit, two. Pure water, three. Manches box, five. I mean, it's not working. It's not. 
So, oh, my name is Pastor Foster. You know, this is I'm just in the area. You know, sharing the love of God, praying for people. I saw you, and I felt I should come and share the love of God with you. Please, how are you? Please, how are you? Pastor, the shop is not working. It's not working. That is your beginning. So, wow. I really thank God that He brought me here. Because I believe that He wanted me to encourage you. That it's going to work. God loves us. And God loves you. Do you see? And that is why He even sent His beloved Son, Jesus, to die. The coming of Jesus, because He loved us. Bible says we have all sinned, all of us. I'm a sinner. Because all of us are sinners. But if we can repent and accept Jesus Christ, no matter what our sins, God will forgive us. And when we become children of God, He takes care of our lives. And I know that today, when you become a child of God, God will take care of you see, in the Bible, there was this widow woman who didn't have anything. But God looked after her for three years. And I know you can do the same. I want to encourage you to give your life to Jesus and become his child. Wow. You understand it? You find somebody being involved in an accident, his leg is broken. Next point. Always lead the people into salvation by praying the sinner's prayer with them. You understand it? So he says, so, sister, do you want me to pray for you to give your life to Christ? says yes. So please let us pray. And you lead a, lead a person to Christ. Now, how do you pray to lead somebody to Christ? Romans chapter 10. 9 and 10. Is that not so? If we believe with our hearts the Lord Jesus and confess him we shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. So in your prayer you must let the person say she or he believes with the heart that Jesus is Lord and confess him as Savior. Yes. Do you understand that? So can you say this prayer after me? Say, Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. I love you so much. I love you so much. I believe today. I believe today. In my heart. In my heart. That you are Lord. 
that you are Lord. I confess you. I confess you as my savior. As my savior. Please come into my heart. Please come into my heart. And save my soul. And save my soul. Forgive me for my sin. Forgive me for my sin. Thank you, dear Jesus. Thank you, dear Jesus. For saving my soul. Saving my soul. Amen. Amen. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you so much for loving me, for loving me, even me, even me. Oh Lord, oh Lord, thank you, thank you. Today, today, Jesus, 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 thank you for blessing, for blessing me, blessing me, blessing. I'm a sinner. Thank you for blessing. Thank you for blessing. Amen. Amen. Is that it? Blessing you. Amen. Let us that. That if we believe in our heart, the Lord Jesus, we have to believe. Jesus said, Whosoever shall believe in me shall not perish, but shall have. So you have to be careful how you lead people to Christ. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, thank you, thank you. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Oh Lord, oh Lord, you are good to me today. You are good to me today. What a God. What a God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for today. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Please forgive me for my sins. For my sins. With my heart. With my heart. I believe. I believe in you. In you. That you are Lord. That you are my Lord. My Lord. From today. From today. I confess you. I confess you as my Savior. As my Savior. The Savior of my soul. The Savior of my soul. Please come into my heart. Please come into my and save my soul. And save. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you so much ask and pray, you have prayed because you have not been saved properly. Wow. I'm teaching you how to do person to person. Evangelism. Number one, pray before you go out. Number two, present yourself appropriately. Amen. Number three, what do you do? Huh? Three is huh? Yes. When you see a sinner, what must you do? Number one, approach boldly and cheerfully. Number two, Greet appropriately using appropriate traditional gestures. Number three, only sit if you are given a seat. Number four, introduce yourself and your mission without great emphasis on preaching. Number five, begin to witness. Be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and the circumstance of the person. 
Number seven, pray for the person to receive Christ. Be mindful. Be mindful to make sure that the person really is saved. Number eight, take full details of your new convert to enable you to do follow up. Yes. Take full details. Chat planters, are you blessed? Yes. Are you happy you came? Yes. Are you learning all these things? How many of you didn't know all these things I'm talking about? So you say you have been doing went for outreach. You didn't go out for outreach. Take full details. Pastors, go and teach your people these things. Huh? Is that powerful? Pastors, you yourself, you are learning about person to person. Teach them these things. Huh? Take full details of your new convert to enable you to do follow up. What must you take? The common name of the person. Not the official name. <laughs> If the person said, Come, your friend me, but your friend say, Your friend me, Sister Dapa. That's official name. So, yeah, so, so, do you have any other name that, like in your house and the area, they call you? Eh? Yes, oh, yeah, Yachewa. Utu and Oka say, Yachewa. I said, my name is called Samuel Danso. So please, do you have any common names? Oh, where do you get there? Sir Kolesh. Everybody, even a child. That is what you need. Listen, listen to this. Evangelism without follow-up is useless. It's a waste of time. waste of time. But most times, we cannot do follow-up because we didn't take the right details. So the common name. Number two, location address, not postal address. Not P.O. Box. K.B. Aguna. No. Yes, it. And then when they are showing where they are, the person lives, ask questions. Yeah? Say, so, oh, hey, do you know uh, the yam market? The yam market. The one near the mosque. So, yes. Uh-huh. When you get there, have you seen the 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 untied road, the one, the, the one that goes left. They say yes. Uh, when you turn there, there are some kiosks, some people are selling there. The one that is the yellow one, MTN painted it yellow. They say yes. Immediately you see that they turn right. My house is, a, is the one there. Now listen. He said, 
<laughs> the young market. Then on town road to the left. Then the kiosk. The first problem is that after the year market, there are about five untied routes, small, small routes. So which one? So you didn't ask. So the first one, the second one, the third one, the fourth one, or the fifth one. They said when you turn, there are some kiosks, the yellow one. He's forgotten that last week, Tigo people have come to also put their colors there. So all of them, they have put their colors on. Tigo color is what? Blue. So all the yellow there has become blue. And they're turning to the right too. About seven tennis. And he said the house. So the, the house behind there. The one that they have used the, uh, the iron sheets is brown. <laughs> that is why if you can do IDL, hold the hand. You say, please. You say your house is where? You see, I told you it will cost you. So my house is uh, the the Bible school, Mampon Campus, the gate, the main gate, the Zion gate. It's okay. Please, can I go and see? You actually walk. If you're interested in a soul, how to walk. So my house is very foul. It's very small, no problem. Yes. If it is possible, you go. Otherwise, ask questions. Things that can really bring you to the person's house. Amen? Number three, take the contact number. Contact number. But ask, please, is it your own phone? Many people give you numbers that are not either ghost numbers or the phone belongs to somebody. Some auntie be somewhere. Yeah? So you can't. So what I'm saying is take detailed information. Charlie, when you get one person, listen, one person who has opened his or her heart you understand it, to listen to the gospel accepted Christ. Charlie, it's like you and the person you will die. This shit cannot go. That must be your attitude. Church planters, you understand that? Yes. And one thing that 50% assures that the person will remain with you is if you can know that this is where the person lives. He lives here. So you can go there and go there and go there again. Yeah? Can I have an amen? amen. Next one. Do immediate follow-up. Do immediate follow-up. Including IDL, if it is possible, identification and location, whereby you walk with your new convert to their home to see where they live. Ideal. Next one. Invite the person to your 
church immediately. But if you are now going to start your church, it means you are going to give yourself a period of outreach. Is that also? So as you gather the people, you just have to continue to visit them and then also to announce to them that we are going to start a church on this date. On this day. At this place. That's what I'm saying. Did you get it? Yeah. So I'm going to start a new service. I witnessed today's service. Brother Philip, God willing, today is uh, uh, 10th. Uh, what's the, what's the um, first week? First week of March. First Sunday of March. What? Fifth March. So God will on the fifth March, Sunday. Okay. We are starting a church. It's called Lighthouse Chapel. Okuase. Okuase. That classroom, that Anglican school. The one, not Anglican school, that is at the timber market. The one that is, when you are going to the chief's palace. It's like, ah, yeah, okra. Me, me, we. Yes, my, my uncle be Christ. Left area. So everybody you win, you have to tell them that. Everyone. You see, and, and, this is when we have the opportunity to now introduce your church. You have won the person. Everything. The person is happy with you. Is the person happy with you? Yeah. So now when you tell the person from Lighthouse, we're going to start a church. No problem. The power of God has touched the person. The person is healed, happy. So everybody, and then you have to write their names. And, you see, many things go together. As I'm preaching, you may think that when you finish with this, then you go to, no. You are doing your prayer. You are fasting. You are doing your prayer. You are doing your person-to-person evangelism. And we are coming to the next point. You are going to look for a meeting place. And you are doing your follow-up. Many of you church planters, you are going to be lay church planters. Do you understand it? So when are you going to pray? You have to wake up at dawn to pray. You have to wake up at dawn to pray. Two hours. One hour. Do you understand it? Then... In a week, one or two days, you fast and pray six to six. Occasionally, if you can do 24 hours, you do that. Then as a group, you meet, have all nights, holidays, and then build up your hours of prayer. Do you understand it? When you close work in the evenings, you do, you know, person to person. Saturdays, you do person. So, as you are going on, because it's going to take you about three weeks to actually start. Eh? So, by the time you are ready to start, you might have witnessed two and one, maybe 20 souls, maybe 25 souls. And you tell them, you have been telling them, and you have been following them up, and you have been visiting them, so they are all ready for the day that the church is going to start. Do you understand that? Is that a good idea? Powerful. The next thing I want to talk about is how to choose a good meeting place for a church. How to get a good meeting place for a church. Number one, as much as possible, get a place where you pay nothing. 
or very little. As much as possible. What guarantees that? Your prayer. It's part of your prayer. So as much as possible, get a place where you pay nothing or very little. Number two. Choose a place where mostly poor to middle income people live. Avoid places where mostly rich people live. Because the gospel is for the poor. Rich people don't go to church. Yes. Only that, for example, if you're in a town, don't also go and plant your church in a slum. You understand it? Yeah. So, for example, if we are using Accra as an example, don't go and plant that your new church you want to do at uh, East Legon, Cantonments, uh, this place, Airport Hills, where they have Tasako Valley. That, that's the place that, so you can get them. I mean, if you, they don't go to church. I can place your church at Kaneshi. Kaneshi, they have a lot of poor people, and there are also middle income people there. Kolegono. I get what I'm saying. If you plant your church at Abobloshi, it's quite difficult. The environment, you know, the people are not stable, you know, so you have to consider that. Number three. Is it number two or number three? Huh? Number three. Okay, your your church should your location should not be too far from the people. Do you understand? It? So if we ask you to go and start a church in a village, you know, try as much as possible to go close to the village, not like one mile from the village. A new church, nobody will come. They all go to apostle, they all go to this, they all they all sitting at home. You know, in the dark, they can't walk to that place. Yeah. But having to see that when the church becomes established, even if you move it, they will come. Yes. Alright. So make sure that it's close to them. Make sure that it is accessible. In other words, they can come there by let's say bicycle, they can walk. They can get an Okada, get a taxi, then strut row. I get what I'm saying. Yeah. Number four. Don't site your church near a rubbish dump or a smelly gutter or a smelly environment. No matter how much we're anointed, that would work against you. 
Verse 1. If it is possible, avoid an already crowded location. Crowded in terms of churches. So like, like a school compound, you see, already there are 22 churches there. Nobody can hear what is going on. If it is possible, but sometimes you cannot afford, avoid it. You may have to start then quickly, you know, move or change the time or whatever. Are you getting that? So these are just a few guidelines that uh, you need. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Then the last one, things you don't need to start a church. Things you don't need to start a church. You don't need a banner. You don't need a puppet. You don't need an offering basket. You don't need complimentary cards. Just start. These things will come later. So don't tell a pastor that, oh, can I have a banner before I start? Can I have a puppet before I start? Can I have a distance? No. Can I have drums before I start? You don't need any of those things. You don't need drums. You don't need keyboard. I get what I'm saying. You don't need microphone. Because when, when you stand, okay, the praise and worship. Say, so please, can we stand? Churches name on it. Is that also? Yeah. The, the branch. Yeah. Oh, we don't have it. But we have to pay money. And your signboard. And then your uh, puppet. All money. And what will bring it to you? don't have church. It's not good. So you don't need anything. You don't need complimentary card. Minister Shepherd Agnes Quasi. It doesn't build your church. MS. It doesn't build your church. Just start the church. And preach and believe God. Is it powerful? How many of you come start churches? 
Amen. Last point. Which one is that? Yes. Which number was that? I said, which number is it? No. Ten. Eleven. Number eleven. Okay. Don't make certain mistakes. Don't make certain mistakes. For example, don't quickly appoint people into positions. Don't quickly appoint people into positions. Don't tell anybody that you are my assistant. Don't tell anybody that you are my praise and worship leader. Don't tell anybody that you are in charge of the choir. No. No. If you want someone to, to do the praise and say, oh, sister, sister, so can you help? Can you help with the praise and worship? But as as can you help with the prayer? People like Posu. When you say that Sister Cecilia is in charge of the choir, later on she's not doing well. You find a proper person who can do it well. You can't change it. Your small church, you have already sowed seeds of contention and confusion. So everybody should just help. And as much as possible, even do most of the things. You can do the praise and worship, the prayer, everything. As we go, you get people. Wow. wow. Is that a blessing? Yes. And number 12. Two years messages. When you start your church, church planters, messages that you should preach for the first two years. Are you ready? Have you enjoyed this session? Now, what you must understand is that when you are when you are starting a church, it's just like building a house. Yeah. You understand it? So there are things that you do stage by stage when you are building a house. You don't just get up and you are tiling there. You clear the place and then you are tiling. We don't do it that way. <laughs> so it's the same thing. It's also like feeding and bringing up a child. The food is different and they vary and they are in stages. Amen. Alright. So these people that you have brought, they don't, they don't know anything. They don't know. They are not spiritual. They don't understand why you ask them to come to church. Even the sinners pray, they just followed you. They don't understand what they said and all that. So now, you are taking them on a journey to introduce them to Christ, to the kingdom of God, to heaven, to hell, to spirituality, you know, gradually. Do you understand that? So, messages for the first year. Number one, what it means to be born again and avoid hell. Have you seen that book? Is it here? What it means to be born again and avoid hell. Huh? What are the topics here? God loves you for greater love. Don't be surprised that you must be born again. What it means to be a new creature. What will happen to you when you die? What kind of people will be in hell? What is happening in hell? How the blood of Jesus can save you from hell. So this 
introduce the person to salvation, to the concept of hell, salvation, how the blood of Jesus saves us, you know, and all that. Okay? How long should you preach it? Three months. Three months. No rush. When you are feeding children, what do you do? Patient. When you give them one, they'll be sinking, watching, so he'll leave that. This time, go and play. Come again. Is that not so? There's no rush. Take your time. Second message. Gospel salvation. Serving great principles. Now that they have understood salvation, born again, hell, you now want them to know what is happening to them. That's the seven stages of their spiritual development. Eh? So the seven great principles. And you do that also for three months. Now, in this book, you can find the seven great principles. Alright? So, that's also three months. Then, now, you should introduce them to faith. Have you seen that when you start a church, the people, is almost like you, you become their everything. Everything they need. Pastor, excuse me. Pastor, my child... Pastor, everything. So now you must begin to teach them eh, to depend on God. You understand it? So you teach them faith. Name it. Claim it. And take it. Faith. Amen. You teach them that faith is the master key to everything. So that is two months. Amen. Then, after that, do prayer. How to pray. The book, How to Pray. Teach them how to pray. Amen. How to pray. Two months. How many months do we have? Ten months. Taught them how to be born again. Spiritual maturity, how to pray, faith. Then watch this. Watch this. At the end of the first year, maybe God has blessed with 20 people, or 15 people, or 30 people. But these people that you have suffered, have you suffered together? If another church comes, no. Eight of them will leave. So you have to secure them and protect them. And inject them with loyalty. So you end with the doctrine of loyalty. So loyalty and disloyalty. Two months. So that they will be committed to you and to the church. Strong teaching of loyalty. Wow. Many of you have suffered. Gather the people are then some, some wind began to blow. So secure them. Inject them with loyalty. 
the last two months. Haida. So what it means to be born again, three months. Gospel salvation, three months. Name it. Claim it and take it fit. Two months. Prayer. How to pray. Two months. Loyalty and disloyalty. Two months. So twelve months. One year. Amen. So get all these books and then get the messages from the point man. How many of you know the Poimano? Alright. The Poimano is where bishops, all his Sunday teachings and Tuesdays teachings, most of them from the beginning of the church, most of them are. So get it. Alright. And what happens is that you study the book. You understand it? To understand the material. And even make some notes, add some scriptures. And then listen to the message preached to catch the spirit of the message. To catch. So that now when you are teaching, you are teaching with the spirit of the message. And you should soak the message in for a while before you go and preach. So that you yourself will understand it. I get what I'm saying. Eh? You understand it. See, this one I've been preaching to you for more than three hours. I'm just speaking to you. The thing must be here. Must be in the lavab. Do you get it? Yeah. One of the things I'm going to teach you is how to teach well and preach well. The number one reason why people come to church is the preaching and the teaching of the pastor. There are three reasons why people join church. Number one, the preaching and the teaching of the pastor. The love. If you ask many of the people, you say, Pastor, you're preaching. That's how they put it. They say, Pastor, you're preaching. It's the first reason. The second reason is the charisma of the pastor, the personality of the pastor. Yeah. If you are table, people won't join your church. Your personality. That's what I was talking about, motivation. That's the way you carry yourself. How you encourage the people, how you love them, your smile to them. That's the at the end of the service, some, I mean, young boy is going somewhere before, and then you put your hand on this. What's your name? So, your house, Safo. Wow, Safo. I mean, Shia. I mean, Shia. I mean, Shia. Next week, Brian. Oba for Abusha for Brian. Why? I mean, Shia. When he goes, he says, hey, Safo. Is it one day when we are passing by somewhere, he's playing draft? The Safo knew. And was showered. Last God, he said, And was shy. I didn't start talking to anybody. Only be careful when you put your hands on the shoulder of the lady, so that by mistake you don't. 
Eh? Come, Lucy. So, Sister Lucy, how are church today? Eh? Hey, this is do well. Hey, Sister Lucy. Hey, Sister Lucy. I hope that I hope that next week you come a little. What? When she goes home, she tells me, "I'm not suffering." They'll give you a name in the town. Sit down, sit down. Now you now you have targeted her already. Try so that you don't eat the sheep, please. Try. Try. Many of the ladies' sheep, they are ready for you to eat them. Or you don't know. Yeah. One day, one of my sons told me, he's here. He was preaching powerful. The second row, there was a lady there parting her legs. She had nothing on. Yeah. That lady, before this, my. Son realized she had gone to steal for another pastor in the town for the pastor to run away. And the person is right here. Amen. Huh? What am I talking about? Sorry? Messages. Your charisma. The third reason why people stay in the church is the friendship that they make. So make sure that your church is a friendly church. Yeah. Yeah. When we're building the church at Sakumono, after a couple of years, after three, four years, then one of my pastors said, you know, he had heard that some people have left the church because the church is not friendly. When they come, the people are not friendly. Yeah. So then I took that thing on to change it. Very important. 
So in the second year now, you are causing them to mature. And also to begin to work for the Lord. You understand it? So number one, how you can become a strong Christian. How you can become a strong Christian. Can you get one there? How you can become a strong Christian. Have you seen that book? Yes. Huh? The main scripture there is First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. And Bishop expounds on the different areas. How to be an unmovable Christian. How to be a spiritual Christian. Are you getting it? Different things. Huh? How you can become a strong Christian. There are ten chapters. What it means to be a strong Christian. How to have a deeper Christian life. How to be a steadfast Christian. How to be an unmovable Christian. How to be a spiritual Christian. How to become a holy Christian. How to become a mature Christian. How you can be a zealous Christian. How to become a fruitful Christian. How to be ready to meet God. If you preach such a message to your people, wouldn't they be strengthened? Wouldn't they be strong? Yes. Amen. Hmm? Two months. Then number two, preach on offerings and tithing. Offerings and tithing strongly. That they can give offerings. Alright. In fact, tithing. In fact, tithing. You can even preach it during the first year. Yes. Getting to, you know, the end. Yes. And preach it. And definitely, it's one of the early messages that we have to preach at the second year. To improve your finances. The money that you need to feed yourself and to take up the ministry is in the mouth of the sheep who are sitting down there. Isn't that enough? Listen. When the tax people came to Peter, said, pay your tax. Peter came to Jesus. Said, the tax people are here. So no problem. Go into the sea and catch a fish. When you catch a fish, open the mouth. There's a coin there. Take it. Pay the tax for yourself and for me. So the money that you need for yourself and for the ministry is in the mouth of the sheep that are sitting in the church. Listen, you must fight to have a good income. And the, and the income is over the people. Trust me, they have it. When God gives you the people, He has also given the money. So instead of looking somewhere that says, I to oversee a bishop who come and rest, the people that he has given to you. So teach them to give, teach them to pay their tithe. And as they are doing it, God will begin to bless them. They will see that, hey, wow, it's a very important thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
So blame us yourself, those of you who say that your income is small. Huh? Why is the money for your ministry? It's in the mouth of the sheep. The fish. I said the sheep. The fish. The fish. The mouth of the fish. So that's also two months. Next one. Why you must be a permanent member of this church? And you see, you must know where all these messages are. And remember, for every message, get the book and get the message from the Hermano or the Makane or wherever. Yes. Why are you preaching that message? So that your people can become committed and stay with you. Do you understand it? Teach them. This is a family. You can't just move yourself out of a family. You see, these are the messages, the messages of commitment. In the mega, mega church book. Commitment, um, uh, devoted uh, members, permanent members, and all that. Do you see? Types of sheep. I have to teach them type of sheep. Deer sheep, goats, and sheep. As you are preaching all these places, you are turning them, transforming them from deer that you can't handle to goat who are stubborn to sheep who listen to you. Child founders, when you start, the members that you get, they first say that they are, they are deers. Do you know where a deer is? Antelope. You can't find them. They are in the forest. So when, 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 you, when you go and visit them, they run away from you. Don't worry. Keep visiting. Keep teaching. Gradually, they'll become more domesticated. They'll, they'll, they'll remain, they'll be coming to church more often. But when you say, stay for meeting, they won't stay. Uh, do this, they won't stay. Because they are goats. Goats, they are stubborn. But you must continue. And gradually, you get more and more of them who be staying right by your feet. They will listen. When you say sit down, they will sit. Wait for me, we have a meeting. They will gradually. So they will move from deer to goat to sheep. <laughs> then even to a donkey. What is a donkey? You sit on to ride for the ministry. So they become shepherds. Amen. How many messages do you have for the second year? So that one is also two months. Message number four. Many are called. Two months. Many are called. Now, what do you want to achieve with many are called? Now you are telling them that it is time for everybody here to help me to build this church. Yes. Amen? Amen. Huh? The next one. Preach on prosperity. Your messages so far have been too hard. Now bring prosperity. 
Tell them that they must prosper. Hallelujah. Amen. But preach on either Abrahamic success, Davidic success, or Solomonic success. Show them how all these people were blessed by God. The principles. I get what I'm saying. Prospective message is also when we are teaching the tithing. Eh? Do you understand it? The he that had is also there. Hallelujah. Is that a blessing? And then, so that's also too much. And then end it with injection of royalty. And this loyalty. Charlie, loyalty and say, now they are one. So that. That's still. Amen. Even the loyalty, you can preach it maybe even in the middle of the year. These are just guidelines. So you have your two-year message, not it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? Next one. Set up a new believer school. Set up a new believer school and teach the converts yourself. Church planters, set up a new believer school and teach them yourself. Don't tell anybody to teach them yourself. What is the book? What it means to be born again and avoid hell. So you see that from the beginning of the church, you are teaching as the main sermon and repeating it at the new believer school. You understand it better. Amen. By the end of your first set of converts of graduates from your new Bible school, start a shepherd's training school. So in the first year, these are the two schools you need. New Bible school and shepherd's training school. So that the people who finish new Bible school now become potential shepherds that you can train with what it means to become a shepherd. For them to become shepherds. Yeah. By the end of the year, you can easily have five people who have trained to be shepherds. And I'm helping you. You can have ten. You can have three. You can have four. But by all means, you have some people. Hallelujah. So ladies and gentlemen, this is how to start a church.
We believe you have been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegono, opposite the Collegon main gate. Please note our service time. English services, early rain service, 6.30 a.m. to 8.30 a.m., His Presence service, 8.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m., and Love and Faith service, 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Other languages, L'Eglise Glorious, French, 7.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m., Love and Victory, Gain, 7.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m., and Love and Hope, Tree, 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Our Vibrant You Church also starts at 12 noon to 2 p.m. Be part of our midweek importation service this and every Tuesday from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. prompts. For prayer, counseling, and further inquiries, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again, 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. God bless you.